and welcome back to another episode of Exposing Ourselves. I am Travis, and I'm here with my compadre, Matt Runquist. Hey, Matt. I didn't say my last name, and that is my bad. Uh, this is Exposing Ourselves, the podcast where we expose each other to new things. Matt is our music aficionado, and he is going to expose me to his favorite bands uh, and, I guess, music? Um, yeah. Maybe different kinds of music. I don't know. And I am our uh, movie buff, and I'm going to be exposing Matt to my favorite movies. How you that doing, That sounds amazing. I am doing very well. Having a good beginning to the year. It is the We the are first recording this on New Year's Day. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Well, Just so like a U2 wonderful. song. I, uh, I, I posted my um, manifesto, I guess, on Facebook a couple of days ago, maybe the day before New Year's Eve, New Year's Eve Eve. Is now and when you call it a manifesto, is it a statement of intent? Is it intended to manifest things? Aha. Uh-huh. Yes, that is kind of the uh, that seems to be what everybody said in the um in the comments was that oh, you're manifesting all this positive productivity and I think that I agree in that in that way the term manifesto is completely apropos right absolutely Uh, i i think it's you know i've never been a new year's resolution person but i do think it's a good idea to maintain a a global sense of what you want out of your life i read a book this year called being human and it's Mm -hmm. about um or sorry being mortal not being human (laughs) being human is a fantastic movie. oh well that doesn't apply to me then that doesn't apply to you yeah being mortal (laughs) Uh, is a book by a doctor whose father is dying, and he it through that lens it explores like how we die in the modern world and how we die here in the United States and how best to die in terms hmm. of how do we live the last few years, months, days of our lives, uh, and a lot of what he talks about in that book really resonated for me as. These are things that we can focus on now, even when we hopefully have lots of years left ahead of us in terms of because the things that were important to people when they were close to death were, you know, how do we what's important to me? How do I live a life that allows me to prioritize those important things? And I thought that was really, really cool because it kind of helped me. It helped me get back into music. It helped me focus on where I wanted to spend my time. It helped me stop playing as many games on my phone because I realized I was I was wasting time not not because I wanted to be productive, right? But because I wanted to I wanted to be creative. I wanted to live a better life for me and one that helped me feel better. Mm-hmm. So it it was funny. I feel like reading this book about death really helped out my life. Weird. That's that's fascinating and it, and it makes sense like when it it does take a little bit of perspective sometimes for us to uh, make ourselves see our lives kind of from another angle, right? And so when we're in the middle of our lives spending a couple hours a day fiddling around with Candy Crush or whatever game we're playing that has literally no point other than to pass the time, it in the moment, it's hard to see that for what it is, which is completely wasted potential. And when you when you see that moment from the outside, you know, someone in their last days or or someone talking about, you know, someone who is dying and you're seeing that, well, if you're on your deathbed, you might conceivably look back at those hours spent fiddling around your phone and, and wishing you had spent it differently. So, but that is similar to what I'm trying to do with this year. And I think I have felt a bit in limbo this last year because I spent so much of it uh, injured. I had a, you know, broken ribs from my bike accident. I had uh, another bike accident uh, last year when I moved back to LA and had planned to really hit the ground running a year and a half ago. I immediately got into a car accident, which kind of laid me up for about seven months. Uh, And so now finally going into this year, I have just received word that I'm not going back to Japan and I have, uh, I'm, I'm not injured in any significant way. And I, I, I stopped, I, I finished another semester of school and I've decided not to do school again. So I 
feel freer in a way where I can um, kind of lay down what I want to do. And so I'm excited. I think there's a lot that I want to do. And um, I am about to sign a new publishing contract for my for two book series, which is exciting. That's extremely so. exciting. Yeah, it's a, so I already published the vampire book, right, and, uh, and the yeah. Decimus, um, the Vampire's Curse, and that is going to be a series. So I have to write book two of that this year, and uh, but I have this other book series that I or this book that I wrote called um, it's a middle grade book called The Tiger and the Prince, which was about a it's a basically it was me. Uh, and this does actually tie in a little bit to our episode. It was me writing a relationship, like the, uh, a kind of a metaphor for a relationship to kind of help get that relationship out of me. And sure. there's a line in one of the one of these songs that I noted where uh, uh, the the person says, um, I- "I'm writing you out of my bones" or something like that. Yeah. And uh, that I, I hit on that, but that's what I was doing exactly. And so that they want that book. But they want it to be a series, so of course I have plenty of relationships to to make allegories <laughs> of. And uh, then I also wrote a novelization of the Inspector Chronicles movie, um, so that was you know Inspector Space Time, but not legally. And, <laughs> and so I wrote I wrote it as a novelization, wanting to just get the story out into the world. And in a way that you can't with a movie that requires so many moving parts, but a book, you can just write it and publish it and it'll be out there. And so, um, and then my thought process is maybe someone will buy the book, but then also if I make the book, then the movie will be based on existing IP and it will be something that um, maybe people will buy. buy. Yeah. Uh, Or maybe other people will want to make, I guess is the point. So, yeah. Well, that's, that's really, in- really exciting stuff. Well, it sounds like Thank a good you. segue. Uh, should we uh, approach the music right away, or should we do movie yeah, first? Yeah, let's do music. Let's uh, do music. Because it's interesting. So as a recap, you uh, we have a playlist on uh, YouTube Music, and um, I was going to ask you if you could, uh, the way you labeled them is Exposing Ourselves Podcast, and you do an episode number. Can you add what the theme of the playlist is? Whether it's, sure. In, in, this week, it's the Decemberists. Um, but just add that at the end. So, sure. because it's hard for me, I, I don't recognize album titles. And so That's <laughs> I actually forgot what, what episode we were doing. <laughs> and so I was like, what, which, which one of these playlists is the one I'm supposed to be listening to? Um, but yeah, so it was the Decemberists. Yeah. Yeah. The December later on in the episode, by the way, before we'll be getting into the movie, which was uh, get out by yeah. Jordan Peele. So, but first, music. Uh, the De- the Decemberists. So I won't go into the long explanation this time. Uh, you can catch that at the end of episode three if you'd like. But the Decemberists is a band from the Pacific Northwest that uh, uses a wide array of instrumentation and a really strong storytelling sense to uh, to you know compose some pretty kind of off kilter rock music. I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. Put together a playlist of things from their first four albums because those are the ones that I'm most familiar with, starting with Castaways and Cutouts, which was released on a very, very tiny label and then later re-released on K Records, which mm-hmm. you don't know this, but it's a pretty big indie label, uh, pretty pretty important indie label. And the rest of the albums, uh, Her Majesty the Decemberists, Picaresque, and The Crane Wife all came out, I believe, on K so all right so uh tell me what you think not picaresque huh uh it could be picaresque i don't know i've only ever seen it uh only ever seen it spelled so oh i'm perfectly happy to get my pronunciation corrected on this uh i i feel like picaresque is similar to picturesque right Sure. Um, I don't know what it, I don't, the word the word seems to have no meaning anyway, but uh, as a similar word. Um, so uh, why I want to know before I tell you my uh, my thoughts why you chose this for me and part of that as I was thinking it might be interesting for I don't want to do this but I thought it for a second it might be interesting for us to predict the others ratings. <laughs> Well, I don't I don't know if you like it. I think you will or I think you did, but I will say that this is theater kid music in every sense of the word, right? This is huh. this is 
like you know dressing up in funny clothes and pretending to be other people for four minutes or six minutes or eight minutes and uh it's very like the lyrics are incredibly important right there's very few like instrumental breakdowns uh in in the decemberists it's about it's about the stories and like i yeah it's theater kid music and you're a theater kid so i am that 100 percent. yep um so here's here's my take i didn't like it at first ah okay uh it, it is very indie film like like the soundtrack to Juno or, you know, Gardens, maybe not Garden State, but like any of those, yeah. like, I called it Wes, I called it Wes Anderson, uh, very Wes Anderson y, like that. And I'm like, and that was, I don't love that, to be honest. Um, and, uh, for this one, I kind of got used to it, but I think the thing that really kept me from loving it or from or from being more into it at least is the guy's voice, which I found very annoying to listen to. Yeah, it's a little um I don't want to say nasal, but it's a little thin. It reminded me of uh the uh it reminded me of like a comedy band like uh They Might Be Giants or something. Sure. It has a very similar sound with their lead singer. But they're funny. They're they're supposed to be quirky funny and this guy is supposed to be like quirky serious like poetry. Yeah. And it just uh what's funny is that um the, when I was listening to it as as has happened every time when I get to the end of the playlist Apple Music or uh, YouTube Music just chooses another song for me to, uh, to for me to listen to, and I don't remember what it was, but I liked it a lot better. <laughs> and I remember it was because the guy's voice was so much more interesting to listen to and yeah. less annoying. Um, all but, right, all right. And so, so then the second time through, mm-hmm. uh, which took me a while to make myself listen to it a second time, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening. I, first of all, I, I liked it a little bit more, so it did grow on me. And we talk, kind of talked about it in a previous episode. That happens when you kind of let a music, uh, a piece of music just percolate and uh, simmer mm-hmm. a little bit with you. Uh, so I did like it a little more the second time. And I think I would listen to it again, because I think part of the, the, the guy's voice being annoying is something that I would get used to. <laughs> and like just that's a sure. style, yeah. So it might be less annoying as I kept listening to it. Uh, the you cited the poetry of it, yeah, absolutely. Last week. And you wanted you were thinking about you know pay attention to the lyrics. And I will say from my point of view, especially the first two times through, the lyrics felt at once too simple and also too complicated. Yeah, they're and full I stories them somewhere in the not, middle. Yeah, there's not a lot of repetition to to latch onto, uh, and so and they're they're sometimes really long, convoluted stories, uh, and so there's not there's not necessarily like a hook uh, for most of them. And it's funny, I'm looking now at the at the list of songs that I chose, and I did, I think I did try to stick a couple of the more like hookier songs towards the beginning uh certainly song from Mila Goldberg is a really is a really kind of poppy hooky song 16 military wives is kind of it's almost a drinking song uh, yep yep uh, i can see that and, but i'll be honest with you so i'm looking at this playlist now and the the <laughs> sort of the deep like theater kid songs are towards the back of this playlist and those are the ones that I are I'm absolute like I like the songs at the beginning of the playlist but the ones that uh like Los Angeles I'm yours which I okay. was really hoping you would like the soldier in life and then the song that you started quoting a lyric from the engine driver those songs oh and of course I was meant for the stage right which I I really hoped you would latch onto in some way because I think it's a fantastic fantastic song and and just speaks to the like sort of simultaneous 
joy and tragedy of trying to succeed as an actor. Yeah. Uh, so I want to talk to, I want to talk to some of the, uh, or speak to some of the lyrics. Um, and you're right. I, I do appreciate the story actually of, of some of these songs. And I, and I like, I don't necessarily hunger for that repetitiveness. Uh, that is something that's very popular because human beings love familiar familiarity and, uh, and that kind of repetitive. Someone, someone did a song once where it was like sensitive guys like songs that are repetitive. Dun, da, 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 da. Sensitive guys like songs that are repetitive. <laughs> like they just repeat the line again for the joke. And I'm like, yeah, okay, great. Um, but I feel like, how to describe it? When I was listening to it, I felt like some of the lyrics were, some of the poetry was too, um, I feel like good poetry should be immediately evocative of an image, right? You shouldn't have to think of it too much. You shouldn't have to break it down and be like, what does this mean? What does it mean when he says we will put cinnamon in our mouths? You know, because that, on the face of it, doesn't mean anything. And it sounds almost like he just wanted a word to ride sort of with aluminum. There's a line where he says we make our walls out of aluminum. We put fill our mouths with cinnamon. And it's like those kind of rhyme, but like in a quirky way. And it almost feels like a lot of it was let's write lyrics that are either quirky, super deep, or um, alliterative in for the sake of being alliterative. And it, none of it, none of it kind of hit me as good imagery, good poetry. All right. Like, all right. You know, so if I was going to diagnose your problem with it, you would say, and this may be uh-huh. this may be a, a phrase that you're not you're not dialed into the culture enough. Doing too much. This this is doing too much. I no. I mean, I mean I, that. I don't know how that's a subtle like phrase to diagnose to, to, to break down. It means what it is, and you're yeah. absolutely right. I think that this. This music is doing too much. It's very fussy. Uh, the the lyrics are doing too much. Yeah. Um. But and only slightly. Like I wish that there was kind of a middle ground where they just. It's kind of like you know. It's funny. My mom is a writer, and she's a beautiful writer, and she loves language, and she will write things that are very wordy, and sometimes she'll use words that are very delicious and, you know, like a linguist loves these words. And I have to pull her back and say, yeah, but when you're reading that, your reader is not going to appreciate that. It's just going to be a thing that stands out. And I think that's almost what these guys are doing, where um, the, 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 the lyrics are just a little too much. Okay, okay. Well, that's that's certainly fair. That's certainly fair. I will you, though. I I, give it I can say. <laughs> I, I will. I, I will you, listen to it a third time through. Oh, he's going to listen to it again. Yeah, I I got to admit, I I bet if you listen to this a couple more times, that you're gonna there's gonna be a moment when you're like, oh, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe. But there, you know what? I I am a fan of. I'm a fan of uh, of blockbuster movies, and I'm a fan of of accessible pop music mm-hmm. um, stuff. And 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 I do appreciate pop music that is intelligent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am good with you know, kind of just under the skin metaphor. You know, <laughs> I was meant for the stage. I was meant for the shouting. Good stuff. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm actually I I, I want to uh, go through the lyrics again and because um, uh, again I was I was I listened to it and but I didn't actually just read the lyrics I would kind of like to read the lyrics separately and 
in your defense, you did ask me to do that before. I did um, definitely ask you to do that, but that's okay. You've got a, a lot of manifesting week. to do. Yeah, you've got a lot of manifesting. <laughs> I, I was manifesting the hell out of myself this week. So, Well, that's fantastic. All right. So I think maybe it's time to give it a rating. Uh, and yeah. it's okay. You're allowed to give it whatever rating you want. I, this is, this is a safe space for ratings. Yeah. I'm, I am going to give it a, um, uh, what is it? When, what, what is it when you call, when you, when you, when you get a, when you get a judgment, but it's a temporary judgment, oh. depending, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know what that's called. Cause I've word never that, like been a, charged like with a, a crime, but not a, not a, yeah. It's like a, when you're, when you get a, you get a. You get a license to do something, but it's a uh, it's a temporary license. Um, it's a uh, provisional. That's provisional. Oh, a provisional I'm grade. Give this a provisional rating uh, okay. of five out of ten. Okay. Um, but if you like, we can revisit it further down the road, and I will give it another chance. I will promise to give it um, at least. A couple more chances. A couple, a couple listens and a read of the lyric sheet, and uh, for sure a read of the lyrics uh, before I, I, I couldn't figure out how to get to the lyrics in the um, on the website when I wasn't using my phone because I wanted mm. to do it on the computer, not just on my yeah. phone. And I, I literally, while we were talking here, I just figured it out. So. <laughs> uh, well, there you go. There you go. Well, I would give the. Uh, well, actually, this playlist I would probably give an eight, uh, but uh, the Crane Wife, the album, and Her Majesty the Decemberists, I would give both of those albums uh, nines because hmm. I think they're really, really fantastic. I wish I could. Uh, I wish I could know what my. I, I wonder if I have my history, my listening history, somewhere. On, uh, I, I don't know how you. Can I've get certainly to that. never found it. But I, I think it exists. To... But yeah. Oh, here it is. My history. So there's my music from today. Uh, and here we are. So Decemberists. Uh, I have to find where I was listening to Decemberists. Wow, where are they? I would like to point oh, out that ghosts. you listened. There's Alabama Shakes. You listened to Decemberists in January. Oh, you know what it must do? It must. When you listen to something again, mm-hmm. it removes it from your, from its old place in your history, and oh, moves it to the top. And, and so, it. yeah, I. Judging from my list here, I think that what I probably was listening to next was uh, "Death Cab for Cutie." Oh yeah, Death Cab might have been sure. the next that song that played. It might have played "No Sunlight" by Death Cab for Cutie. Uh, Death Cab, and, um, I think, is actually also on K Records, at least for a couple of times. So Interesting. C- and uh, I don't remember what that song sounded like, but I, I just remember thinking, oh, this song is, I like this better. <laughs> so maybe uh, maybe give me a Death Cab uh, playlist at some point. <laughs> That's a good point. I'm certainly not a fan of that. theirs. I don't know their music very well. So Okay. But, yeah. So There's right. a song Eight of... Well, a nine from me for most of those. That, their that stuff. I'm sure yeah, was fascinating stuff. radio, oh. by the way. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, the thing I was going to say about Death Cab is they actually have a song that I feel very conflicted about because I absolutely love the song and I hate the message. Uh, so, and I never know how to feel about it. Uh, hmm. Yeah. So, what, but, what's uh, the song? I will follow I will you follow into the you dark. Into the dark. Yeah, that's their number one song on on uh, YouTube yeah. music. It is. It's a really good song. It really is. But the the message of the song is basically like you know, if you die, I'll die too, and we'll go together into the afterlife. It's really, it's really terrible. Oh, interesting. <laughs> the song that it played for me that it chose was "No Sunlight," which uh, is not on their on their top song. So I'm not sure why it chose that for them for me. It must be the most Decemberist sea song. Maybe, possibly. All right, cool. Well, uh, should we move on to our movie of the day? Let's do it. So I assigned Matthew, uh, Matt, sorry. I, 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 I'm so fine. stuck on Matthew. I know. It's Matthew's just... fine. Matthew's but fine. you like Matt, and I, 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 do I like, like to be him. respectful of what people like. And <laughs> and you've always been Matt. Like, all, yeah. ever since there's I've never known been you, a you've been time. Matt Runquist. Yeah, there's never been a time. 
No, and it's only been when you have uh, when you know when I'm being like flowery that I say Matthew, <laughs> right? But I had a boyfriend who was Matthew for four years, and so Matthew got into my head. Uh, speaking of you, by the way, and we don't have to include this if you don't want to, and, and it probably won't make any difference anyway but i uh was talking to someone recently and they were talking about being from wisconsin or having front front family in wisconsin and they said uh oh yeah we uh we were in berlin wisconsin and i was like oh i don't know where that is but it sounds so familiar it sounds <laughs> like i went to berlin elementary but that's not what they're talking about and there wasn't a berlin near us and then it hit me that that was your hometown Berlin is my hometown. Yeah, not New Berlin. So right, right. Yeah. I said Berlin. No, uh, I know. And you locals call it Berlin. Yeah, not Berlin. Berlin. Yeah, not yeah. not Berlin. And yeah, yeah. And actually, Berlin Berlin Elementary is not a real school. It's called Clay Lamberton. So no, no. But my school was Berlin Elementary. Oh, in, you're kidding! Right outside of Wausau. No, I went to Berlin Elementary. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Well, yeah, that's probably that a, why that we little... weren't named Berlin Elementary. Interesting. Yeah, well, I'm sure there are many, you know, there's more than one Jefferson Elementary, I'm sure. I doubt it. Doubt it. Doubt it. <laughs> I, I'm fairly certain I am the only uh, the only Clay Lamberton uh, because Clay Lamberton was like a local school administrator. That was our. That was our. They named your school. elementary school from a local uh, after a local administrator, not like a president or an astronaut no, no. or something. No, and That's it's funny crazy. when I when I went to um, when I briefly lived in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I went to Perry Tipler Middle School, which was also named after a local person, not a president or anybody cool. It actually, huh. it actually threw me off that um, when I found out that people went to schools that were like MLK Jr. or <laughs> William J- Jefferson JFK Clinton or Will, no. yeah, or William Jefferson Clinton High School. I was like, what you got? Well, I got Clay Lamberton. <laughs> I mean, he's not even like a like a like a football player or something. No, it right? Like it's a, a, like yeah, a Packer, not, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> like. Uh... Oh well. Anyway, I was gonna I was gonna pull a famous Packer player out of my butt, um, and then I realized I can't. <laughs> you didn't. You can't name even one. <laughs> well, I can name Barry. No, Who, no. What'd you say? I was gonna say Barry White, but that's something different. It's something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yes, Barry's, famous. Was it famous? Now, what, one of those names is correct. Green Bay Packer Barry White. Yep. No, I one of those names is correct though. Is, uh-uh. is it Barry or is it White? Was there a famous? He he played with Brett Favre. No. You're thinking Something, of Barry no? Sanders, who played for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> no, I'm not thinking of Barry. I know who Barry Sanders is. Um, I meant there. No, there was a there was a linebacker or a big big black guy who played for the Packers. There was a he Reggie played, White. Reggie White. Reggie White. Are you thinking of Reggie See, White? I had Reggie White. White. I had the white part right. <laughs> See, I was not a hundred percent wrong. <laughs> Oh man, that was fantastic! So the funny, uh, the, the funny movie. part about this is I don't, I don't even watch football anymore, anyways. So <laughs> yeah, Thankfully, but you you're chose still in Wisconsin, so you're still steeped in the yeah, lore. I'm, ste- I'm steeped in it. Uh, All right, tell us about the movie, Travis. So the movie I chose for you is Get Out, which is Jordan Peele's uh, premier film. The interesting thing about Jordan Peele is he comes from comedy he comes from sketch comedy uh, he did i think he was on mad tv for a while or at least i'm not sure if he was because that is where uh keegan michael key was but the two of them did uh p and keel p and keel jordan michael p, p- key, key, key and peel and peel yep. oh my god All did right. you just say p and keel i think you did i did, I did. That's my brain fantastic. is a little bit my brain's a little bit messed up, I guess. Uh, Key and Peel, which is one of my favorite sketch comedy shows of all time. It was one of the first ones to do uh, no audience, single cam sketch comedy. So they would go out and they would film, sometimes quite intricately, these sketches. And they're very well known for that. And then Jordan went 
and did a horror movie with Bloomhouse, which was an interesting thing. And um, I guess I don't want to spoil anything or if it's... It, it's five years we old. We worry? can spoil it. Let's yeah, put a wait, spoiler no. alert, I suppose, right here. We might there get into some spoiler territory. spoiler alert if here. If you've not seen Get Out, get out. Skip, <laughs> then skip to the end. Skip uh, so, to the end. But, uh, yeah, so Get Out was, um, I thought, brilliant. And it was a, a really interesting commentary on race in America. And it also, uh, it kind of combined the Stepford Wives with uh, a black thriller um, and, a, you know, a, a, a mostly African-American, well, main cast, I suppose. But, uh, or maybe not even, just the, just the main couple of guys. And the whole point was that he was yeah, in, I mean, he was I, in I would the say world. Overall, the cast is basically, I think, 50-50 in terms of main characters. Um, yeah. But, but uh, some yeah. brilliant actors. Like, I mean, uh, I'll watch Bradley Whitford do just about anything. And he was kind of my connecting, my connecting character to this movie when I went in. He's like, oh, okay, I see Bradley Whitford in this movie. I can kind of trust that. Uh, and, yeah, I loved it. What did you think? I also loved it. It's a, it's, I mean, so I've heard a lot of good things about it. I knew about it. Uh, I knew the basic premise that a, that a white woman brings her black boyfriend home for the weekend and uh, bad stuff happens. Uh, but I was, I thought it was really, really fantastic. It's extremely well put together. It's unbelievable that this is his debut Right, uh, the, he is both writer and director of this, right? Yeah, and and he now obviously he'd been around the industry for fifteen years ish, uh, you know, writing on Mad TV, writing for J- Key and Peel, or P and Keel as it's sometimes known, <laughs> and uh, you know, so obviously he had chops, but uh, this is a really, really, it's not just a thriller. It absolutely works on a surface level just as a thriller, but it is an amazing commentary on race relations in the United States in the early 21st century. Mm-hmm. That is the century we're in, right? 21st? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Right. Yes. That would unless, have been unless really Unless people awkward. are listening to this from the far future. Well, we're still here in the 21st century, even if they are in the far future. So I yes, think we are, okay. damn it. Yeah, um, really, really good stuff. Um, the thing that I want to point out is how, like, what a delicately balanced role Allison Williams' character has. Yeah, as the uh, girlfriend. She's the girlfriend, and she is fully committed to a, like, I'm the girlfriend, I'm completely not involved with all the shady stuff that's going on at my parents' house. I, I didn't even know this weird event was happening. I like to the point where even after he's discovered that she's being duplicitous and she's pretty sure that he knows she's still committed to it in a way that makes you as the viewer go, Wait a minute, is this all just a misunderstanding? Oh, no, nope, it's not a misunderstanding. And that transformation, when we find out that it's not a misunderstanding, is really well acted. She doesn't have a lot to do after the turn, right? Which I think is a bit of a miss. You know, I I, I saw her in Girls. I, I watched the entirety of Girls, and I thought she was really good in that. And, uh, you know, it... I. I really, really liked the way her character was written and the way it was acted out. The whole thing is just a really, really good metaphor for sort of the deep psychological trauma inflicted on black people in the United States. I, I, I yeah, this is this is a win for me. Yeah, I was looking at my rating for it, and I had rated it a nine on IMDb, and I don't know why I didn't rate it a ten. Uh, it, it, there might have been slightly nitpicky things a nine's a pretty good rating it's like this is a movie i will watch again repeatedly over time and it uh, it totally holds up it, what's interesting to me is that going forward i have not liked his follow-up movies as much and i wonder if that's a matter of 
this movie, Get Out, probably got worked on and massaged for years while he was trying to get it made. And then after it was such a big hit, everybody wanted the follow-ups so quick that uh, he didn't have a whole lot of time to really make us and um, and Nope as that, like well i got to admit movies. yeah i think you're out on the you're out on the edge of of opinion when it comes to that because the everything again, i hadn't seen any of these movies i've still only seen get out um but the critical opinion of certainly of nope is i think very very high i'm not i'm not really sure about us i know some people liked it um Nope so, is not universally loved in uh, in my circles, at least. So um, it's it's good, and I think if I were to rank, and this is not necessarily a show about his three movies, but uh, if I were to rank Nope, it would be between Get Out and uh, Us. Yeah, Us was my least favorite, mainly because it had what I considered very serious, like world building logic problems oh okay and i have like highlander even worse (laughs) than that even worse than that because highlander is one of those things where you we don't get an answer for it but the answer could be there right this one seems to be like it's set in our world but there are impossibilities that they're just telling us to take and take for granted it's different, um, especially Highlander is essentially a magic movie. You know, it's about, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. How does that happen? Um, magic. Magic, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, what did you, uh, I mean, I don't know if there's, a, I don't think there's a whole lot more to talk about. I mean, Get Out is just, I guess we can talk well, about the. I mean, I can talk about how much I love it. Like, I, I you know. One of the things that I love about it is the pacing and how well put together it is. You know, we meet the character who's going to save him. And I'm afraid I can't remember anybody's name. Uh, Dan- Daniel? Is that the is that the main actor's name? Uh, well, yeah, Daniel Kaluuya was the okay. uh, main actor. Yeah. yeah, so the guy, the guy his TSA friend who's going to save him at the end... That's per, like that doesn't come out of nowhere. All the groundwork yeah. for that is laid properly. Mm-hmm. It all makes sense, right? Because yep. like one of the things that's really irritating about certain sort of slasher or horror flicks is like the 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 killer is like this amazing efficient killing machine for like 98 victims, right? But that last victim, all of a sudden he can't you know, the the person's 12 feet away and he can't manage to kill him, right? And right. this this doesn't have that problem. Everything is well, well set up. Everything, right. the, the seeds are planted, they're watered, and they grow. And it's really just, it's honestly just a joy to watch this movie. And, and like, you can, you can, like, sit back and enjoy it, or you can, like, pick it apart and all the pieces, like... There's no like extra screws left over at the end or anything, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it's all there. You're right. It does. It does. It does assemble very well, and it uh, it, it holds up. To, it stands up to scrutiny, which is one of the things I love. If you can look back on a movie and really enjoy, there are there's moments, and 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 some of the acting is extraordinary. I love uh, Catherine Keener is the mom, and she's. She's so like lovely and then creepy and like menacing. She yeah. has this power of uh, uh, she's a hypnotherapist, and she has this power to send the main character into a hip- hypnotic trance. And the way they represent it is also very cool, where he oh. literally will sink into the floor or the chair or the bed that he's laying, or whatever he's in. And he'll sink down into the darkness, and it's such an interesting visual. Oh, and you, yeah. as a viewer, feel trapped, right? And him as a character, like he, the the acting required to pour your uh, your emotion just, and you can't move. And so all that can come out is tears, and it's just a really powerful 
uh, like moment, right? A couple of those moments. Um, Here's something I latched on to is like, there's this moment where he's like, why us? Why black people? And they start talking about like the, you know, impressive physical specimens. Right. Mm-hmm. And wow. What a creepily accurate, gross thing right like this because there is this like strain of like insecure white fragility that's like oh afraid that like the black people are gonna take over and like oh oh, every football player is black now and you know that that it's because their genetics are so strong right and when obviously there's like there's all sorts of sociocultural reasons why uh, you know, sports is is uh, like or that that black people are overrepresented in American sports, right? Yeah. Um, well, but that is... gets boiled down in like the white racist brain to their genetic advantages, right? Which is you know gross and 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 well, the fetish, fetishization of uh, black people has been something yes! that's, been, that's existed right? since uh, you know since slavery, yeah, and. I mean, yeah. And I, I just know, like just... how they – well, but the way – yeah, the fact that he addresses that, right, so kind of subtly and – but perfectly, right? There's the one woman who clearly is using this young black body as a sex slave, right? Yeah. Except it's her husband's brain controlling the body. like Right, yeah. Like, ew, right? Ew, gross, but also – Really good point. Really, you yeah. know, like you just well, and and not far from from the reality in some in at, some ways. And exactly. I think that what's interesting is that uh, Jordan Peele, uh, as a black man directing, writing, and directing this, it could have felt less accessible. Uh, it could have felt like a movie for black audiences to be yeah. like, uh, you know, hey, hey, fellow black people, white people are evil, uh, right. But it wasn't. It was. Uh, it is so accessible as a as a yeah. enjoyable movie, but also one that got us to be yeah. able to talk about this issue. Hey, which, white uh, people! White people are evil, which is a totally different sentence. But it's yeah. really it's an important one. So I yeah yeah no I I really really dug it. So yeah. Uh, is there anything else uh, other than the? Um, you know, it's interesting. I was watching the. Uh, Behind the scenes, and one thing that I will also applaud is their decision to to edit this in a the way they the, originally the ending was not kind of the feel good ending that it had originally the ending was the police show up mm. and I think and they recap either him arrest and... him or 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 maybe shoot him oh uh, okay, but like it's a dark ending. And they ended up changing it so that, in the end, the hero wins, which mm-hmm. is, I think, what we all want to see as... It's definitely what I want to see as a yeah. uh, film goer. I didn't want to see him go through all of this yeah. and then still, <laughs> at the end, like succumb to the reality of, of yeah. our you know modern police culture, but... Um, I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they changed it. I'm glad it does take a certain intelligence. Um, and I think, oh man, Jordan is, if anything, he is a really brilliant storyteller. Um, Absolutely. And I think that a lot of that comes from sketch. Like to be able to, sketch comedy trains you to be able to tell a tight story in five minutes. You know, you have to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Uh, so that he has that training. And he just take, took that and extrapolated it. Sometimes we call that the beam end. The beam end? Yes, the beginning, the middle, and the end. The beam end. Oh, Saves interesting, time. interesting. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Uh, well, so did you rate this already? I have not I already rated that, it. You I know what? I had given it a your nine. Ni- I'll stick your, by nine that. your nine has inspired me to give this a ten. I, I, Whoa! Yeah, yeah because a you know what? Movie. I, I'm sick of I'm sick of rating systems that are like bullshit, right? Like you have one to ten and everything's a six, a seven, or an eight, right? Screw it. I'm gonna use the damn ratings. And I wow. love this movie. I loved this movie. I didn't have any problems with it. And 
I don't see a ton of movies, and I'm glad I watched this one. So I'm going to give it a 10. All right. All right. Fantastic. Thanks. Well, that's great. Uh, Well, let's move on to... We don't have a whole lot of time left. Uh, Let's move on to um, our uh, next week's assignments. Yeah. Do you have an assignment for me? Not yet. He's Okay. All right. So I have uh, put up another playlist. So this one, I got to admit... Half an hour before our conversation, I had not chosen anything, and so I kind of panicked, and I was like, well, I listened to this album today, and I really liked it. Uh, It's the 2010 album Odd Blood by the band Yaysayer. So Yaysayer is sort of a, I would say, a pop band that uh, uses a fair amount of, like, kind of weird sounds in their thing, Uh, but... I just really, really, I, there's a song on here, I think it's track two, called Ambling Alp, that was the single off of it, and I, I got to admit, I latched onto this song, and I must have played it dozens of times the first couple of weeks after first hearing it. Uh, really, really good song, and then that was sort so this of an is a, this is a song that, this has been with you for ten plus years. Yeah, I've, this is... Okay. This is an album okay. that that I really really love. Well, and you, I was you, like, you had just said that you just listened to it, and I just wasn't sure if that yes. meant yep. you just discovered uh, it no, or you were just no, revisiting it. I didn't just it. discover it; I was revisiting it. Yeah. So periodically, I will go through all of my physical media that I own. Uh, so I listened to my whole record collection over the course of the last two months. And really? Yes, wow. And Yesayer is obviously right at the end because it's why. And, oh, uh, you're alphabetical. I, That's great. I, love I that actually, of course, I, of course, I am. So I finished it today, uh, and yeah, I love I love that album. And uh, so that's what it is. They're uh, they're weird. I'm trying to I'm trying to give you some prompts for for your movie, but maybe you'll just uh, you know choose independently. Uh, yeah, I like I like them. I love yeah, I I would maybe listen to the song Ambling Alp a couple of times and then dive into the album. Hmm. Uh, but uh good stuff. So weird is is how you would describe it. Anything else that Yeah, uh, weird weird yeah, or I psychedelic. Am... Weird or psychedelic. That's interesting. Yeah. Um the only thing I can think of, uh, I'm, I'm looking at my best-rated movies on IMDb, and I don't—I'm not great at rating everything that I ever watch, so it's not a complete uh, rating. But um, I kind of want to go back a little bit and do a little history. Uh, you, of course, have seen—we've talked about—we uh, talked last week, I think, about um, uh, Christopher Nolan and uh, his his movies, right? Memento and those kind of yes. things. Okay, and you didn't like uh, the prestige. The prestige. Okay, great, great, great. That's fine. That's fine. Have you seen? Let's go a little bit further back. I, I, I also mentioned at some point that there's a movie. There's a Steven Spielberg movie that most people have missed. Did you? Have you ever seen Empire of the Sun? That was um, Christian Bale's first movie. When he was I like will. 14. I will remind you. Apparently, you haven't listened back to our podcast. Uh, <laughs> I listen to only podcasts. That's the problem. So I listen to uh, I listen to Marketplace and whatever, and Science Friday, and all this other stuff gets mixed mixed in with our podcast. Yes. Uh, no, I have not seen Empire in the Sun. Okay. Of Empire in the Sun or Empire of the, of sun. the sun of the and Sun. And I think that's what uh, I'm going to. That's what I'm going to assign okay. you uh, yeah. this week. It's a uh, it's it's a 1987 Spielberg movie. Uh, it has a lot going for it. It's got Christian Bale in his first movie. Uh, he before Newsies, he was, before Newsies. This is the movie that that brought him to enough fame that he could do mo- Newsies. Um, and then he. Uh, it's also got John Malkovich. Uh, Miranda I got to admit, I was just showing off the fact that I knew that Christian Bale was in Newsies because oh okay, a pretty. Well, random you know what's fact. funny is I've never <laughs> seen Newsies. And oh, you haven't. Of, Oh, no, you're one of my ex Matthews favorites, Newsies. and I've never yeah. seen it. So, wow. Um, Apparently, yeah. we know so who I, got I to choose the like DVD this. for the night. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, if, and when you look at this, you'll see you'll see a lot of familiar uh, Spielberg isms, where you know he's got um, the score by uh, by John Williams, and um, uh, I, I'm pretty sure his. Um, his uh, cinematographer uh, was not the guy he does everything with, but it's a guy by the name of uh, Alan Daviau, 
and uh, it's very interestingly shot. And yeah, so the movie is about for for uh, just a little bit of context. So you're not jumping in bold or cold. It is the um, jumping in bold. What is that? Uh, it's like P and Keel. I might I, every once in a while I get these little breaks. I'll tell you something at when we're off, but that's not relevant. It's private um, information. It's not. It's not. But I get migraine headaches uh, every so often, and one of the one of the precursors I get for them sometimes is this speech aphasia, where yep. the words that I'm thinking I cannot get them to come out of my mouth. Simple words, even like you know, communicate or whatever. But um, this is not that. This is just my brain being weird because I'm getting older. But uh, I, so in, I occasionally have speech aphasia as well, and what I found you? is. Uh, what I found is really helpful is using a descriptor that isn't the correct word. Uh, my most famous of which is referring to the refrigerator as the food library. Oh, you know what? We've talked about this a while back. I remember you telling me that. Uh, oh. I have not been able to think of any way to get around it other than just lay down for you know half an hour um, and just not say words. But... In any case, uh, Empire of the Sun is a. It's about the Japanese invasion of, uh, I believe, Singapore, and uh, which was a British um, colony, and so yeah, yeah, and so uh, uh, Christian Bale plays a young British boy who is uh, in school there. He plays Jim, and he is uh, has grown up in this British colony. And when the Japanese uh, take over during the World War II. And it goes from there. And it's a very interesting tale. So Sounds like a rollicking good time. It, uh, it's not a happy movie. But it's, it's also a Spielberg movie. So okay, take, take what you will from there. Awesome. Well, that was, that's very exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what you uh, think about it. Yeah, <laughs> that that almost sounded like uh, the aliens from Galaxy yeah. Quest. Have you ever seen Ga- you've seen Galaxy Quest, right? Uh, yes, yes, I have. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm glad <laughs> you were the aliens. Yeah. All talk like the you are all that. Yeah, fantastic. I love Galaxy Quest so much. If you had not seen it, it would be it would be our movie assignment every week. <laughs> <laughs> It would be our assignment every week until you've seen it. This would be the Galaxy Quest podcast uh, brought to you by Galaxy Quest. Uh, It's so good. It's so good. All right. Well, thanks very much for joining me for another week, and uh, I will talk to you next week. Yeah, thanks for exposing yourself to me. Oh, thank you for exposing yourself to me, Matt. All right. Good night, Travis. Good night. Talk to you next week. Bye. (laughs) Bye.